Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. I'm so pretty. No. How about no? So hot, make a dragon want to retire is another story because, yes, that's right. I am the Fantasy Jester. This is the Fantasy Jester show when faith has its price. How's everybody doing tonight? I am the Fantasy Jester coming to you live from Leesburg, Florida. How's everybody doing tonight? We're expecting a little bit of rain, and it's funny because. In the show tonight, we're going to have a one-on-one interview. I was able to go ahead and uh, get an interview that nobody else has gotten uh, to date with Kristen Ware. And uh, after this episode, we're going to be talking about a lot more. uh, I'm sure of that. But uh, it's funny because in that interview, you can hear a little thunder in the background every once in a while. And tonight, when we come back out of that interview, more than likely... In the background, you're going to hear thunder again. There's thunder over in JT's part of the world. As you all know, if you've listened before, we're going to bring in Jason Townsend. He's over in Texas, and he is going through storms as well. And uh, just it's crazy weather uh, everybody's having. I hope, though, wherever you're listening, it is beautiful tonight. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, FancyJesterSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, and all our sponsors com, Deep Obsession Charters, and uh, and the gang. I'll tell you, folks, when faith has its price, this episode, and we'll go through what we have the write-up here as always, this episode, Miami Dolphins cheerleader alum, Kristen Ware. Very interesting. What price would you pay for your faith? Now, This is one of the great interviews that I've had and I've been fortunate to have with young ladies. Uh, We've had Jenna Hurd on. You can go check iTunes or Blog Talk Radio or FantasyJesterSports.com. Go listen to that episode, Jenna Hurd, about, again, what women can do in the world. And it doesn't matter what your love is. Hers was skateboarding. You're going to hear from Kristen Ware, cheerleader how you can do whatever that is, whatever your love is, and touch people's 
lives. So tonight, kindly grab young lady that you want to get some self-esteem, some belief in herself that what she does and what she wants to do is all right, regardless of what anybody else says, to follow her dreams and to be good to one another and how to go about that and still maintain yourself. It's a very difficult world to be able to hold on to your beliefs, your morals. How far will you go for your faith? Again, Miami Dolphins cheerleader alum, Kristen Ware, one-on-one with me later on. Obviously, like I mentioned, we're going to bring in JT. You know, my little encyclopedia of sports, your little encyclopedia of sports, too. See, that's the great part. I share everything, and I share JT with all of you. I try and give you the best of everything, and JT is one of the best out there. He doesn't like to hear it when I'm one of the best, too, but he'll live with that. He'll be okay. Shh, don't tell him. MLB, the latest call-ups, fantasy implications, and, uh, you know, what? who's out there? Who could be picked up? As we're getting ready, we're coming into this all-star break, and uh, who's, who should you look at in the second half? Who, who could you grab really help your squad? I don't know how much time we're going to have to talk about NHL, free agency, or uh, NBA. We're trying to get Busy Jay in for later on to talk NBA, free agency talk. And also, I want to be able to talk about the WWE great Balls of Fire, and uh, Great Balls of Fire, you know, that just, uh, what's going on fire? Uh, What's the fire have to do? Why is it, and it makes no sense, it just, it really just makes no sense, even the name, and uh, I don't know, are the matches brought to you by gold bonds? I don't know, folks, I don't know, but uh no, we'll be joining Busy Jay from New York in a little while. And uh, right now, first off, I want to get to my rant. My rant is a, my rant's a simple one. My rant is that the young lady that we're going to present tonight is so far out of the norm. You take a look at the world around us today, folks, and any chance that you can go ahead and have your daughter listen to a young lady like Kristen Ware, that is probably the biggest blessing you can get. There are people out there that just exude happiness, light, hope. Kristen Ware is one of those people. My rant is for anybody who has, and obviously there has been people who have taken shots at her or Tim Tebow for their beliefs, simply for their beliefs, for their peaceful, let me rephrase that, for their peaceful beliefs. That a show like this becomes so damn special Simply because she wants to be good. 
She wants to set an example. She wants to be positive. She wants to show you how to be positive in the face of adversity for what you believe in. Going to be an interesting interview, and uh, we'll be chatting afterwards also about it uh, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of questions. Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. We, you know, I, I always kid. Should I bring him in? Shouldn't I bring him in? Should I bring him? In? Uh, of course, I'm going to bring him in. What would a podcast be? What would one of the Fantasy Jester Sports dot com podcasts be without my sidekick JT? Jason, how's everything today, man? Well, Duster, you know, you, you mentioned you got storms your way. Got a few mm-hmm. clearing over here. But, you know, the big storm for me is after reading and listening to some of what uh, you've had to tell me about what Kristen Ware has to say. You know, it's, it's an interesting, interesting thought when you think about the people in this country, uh, people who, even Christians for this example, that don't like when something's done out of the norm, no matter what that person's doing. You know, you bring up Tim Tebow uh, in one of your um, write-ups about the article. You mentioned Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. You like the way Colin Kaepernick had what what he had to say? No, but one of the founding beliefs of this country is freedom of expression, freedom of speech. Like you said, did he kick someone? Did he sell drugs? Did he, you know, drunk drive? No. The guy kneeled. Do I agree with his politics? No. But to be persecuted for that, it's a uh, it's a shame to see some of the stuff going on in this country today. And I'm, I really think what uh, people are going to hear from you and Kristen tonight are going to shed a new light on that. And I couldn't have been any more adamant. You know, you bring up uh, Kaepernick. I couldn't have been any more adamant against what he did. I couldn't have been any more against it. But that was it. Let it drop. That was his. That was his way of doing it. That was his way of expressing himself. I didn't agree with it, but you move on, okay? Um, because simply, like you said, his crime against humanity is he took a knee. Tebow's crime against humanity is he likes to take a knee. Now, when you live in a society that is threatened, threatened by a grown man taking a knee for what he believes in, how fragile is your society? Exactly. And I, you know, I want to take you one step further. From people that I've talked to and listened, I said, go ahead, tell me what the problem you have with these two individuals is. They can't even tell you. It's the in thing to be pissed off that Colin Kaepernick took a knee. So the sheep are basically following the herd. And and, and that's even what what makes it more ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. It is. uh, It's, it's an interesting interview. She goes ahead. It's fun because uh, you get to find out we, we go through a nice little time frame from how she got into it and everything. She even folks, if you have a little girl that's a cheerleader or a friend whose little girl is a cheerleader, you've got time. Get them here. Get them to listen to this because she breaks down how the whole process goes to become a Miami Dolphins cheerleader so that they can mm-hmm. learn from that. I mean, it's a, it's a great interview for, from a learning standpoint about how to become a cheerleader, but 
the personal aspects of it that she gives, I can promise you it's going to be uh, people are going to ask questions. I'm sure you're going to have a couple of questions for me after, and I'm sure a bunch of people are going to have questions. It is an incredible interview. Before we get to that, though, I, I want to go ahead because it is the Fantasy Jester Show, and we have to talk some fantasy sports. We'll talk some fantasy oh, yeah. before. We'll talk some fantasy after. Okay. You know, the first thing I want to take a look at is MLB and either some of the call-ups that are happening now or ones down the road that you, the fantasy players out there should really take a look at or, you know, somebody coming up on the horizon. See, I've gone ahead in a, in a bunch of leagues. You know, everybody seems to have those steals category down by now. And some people have those steals category down and steals. There's still Marte out there. Marte, right. uh, you know, even if he's on another team, people have already filled in and have pretty much left Marte there on their DL or he's still available in some of the leagues. I went this past week and picked him up in a bunch. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it's just simply because he's going to come back. Remember one thing, you're talking about a real good hitter with speed, and a guy that's going to have a point to prove. I, I think he's going to come back a man on a mission, too, to show that he he didn't need all that. And uh, he's going to prove it. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting pickup. Is there anybody that is out there right now, before we get to somebody young and still down on the farm, JT, is there somebody out there uh, that's probably out there available in a lot of leagues that has underperformed. I, I noticed like a Chris Davis is still available in some leagues right. over in Yahoo. Uh, they dropped yeah, him Chris, because and, he struggled. And, and that him being on the DL, and I believe he should be coming off that DL soon. But a yeah. guy that a uh, guy that I really like owned in less than 20% of the leagues, guy that's got 14 stolen bases, seven or eight homers, four or five triples, 15, you know, the guy stuffs the stat categories. Whit Mirafield, uh, second base right field eligibility in most leagues for Kansas City, guy yeah. that hits for a nice average, um, again, fills several major categories. Uh, and the guy that seems to be trending. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and he's trending up on an offense that, as uh, Jim Rosenhaus told us, on our last episode on a team that's starting to figure it out again and a team that's starting to roll in Kansas city. So I'm, uh, I'm really surprised that more people haven't picked up on this guy. Yeah. He's becoming one of the table setters on a team that is getting very hot. Their bats are waking up. They're starting to do what they should have been doing. And uh, it's going to make for a very interesting race by the time we get to mid-August, some of the races out there are just going to be absolutely ridiculous. Makes you wonder, in the middle of the race, you know, you, we heard Jim Rosenhaus talking about a catcher, you know, that we're not going to see the young Cleveland catcher this year. But my question to you, what do you, what are you putting as your chances that a Boston who just can't seem to find a third baseman to fill that role all year calls up right. a hot bat and Devers. You know, Devers is like, like you're talking about a hot bat. You're talking about a guy that's got a pedigree, uh, a guy that's hit at pretty much every level he's played at. 
has some yeah. pop. Um, I I almost wonder if Boston feels like he's there. There must be something about that kid's game. I don't know if it's defensively, is it his mentality? There's something about that kid that they must not be completely comfortable with yet. Because as you said, he's he's raking. The guys, the guys crushing the ball. Why is he not in Boston yet? And it isn't like Boston's the Houston Astros where you've got a comfortable lead and you can kind of just play with what you have for now. They need to do something uh, as they lost another one today, what, one to nothing to Tampa Bay, I believe. Yeah, and the thing with that is, all right, you have a young man who is, I mean, he's raking. He, he They moved him up, and he's still raking. And, and it's just, he's dropped his uh, strikeout percentage to 18.5. Which is ridiculous. Okay. For a power hitter, that's nice. For a power right. hitter, that's nice. And you've got, I mean, you've literally tried everything else. You've literally tried everything else. Find out now, find out now before the trade deadline, before you are in that final race, find out now, can he handle it or not? And if he can't not. handle it yet, fine. That's fine. Send it back down. But so far, I mean, the kid seems to be handling whatever you're throwing at him, literally. Exactly. Get him up there. Now, I have a name since we're talking about Boston, and I mentioned they played Tampa today. Not a prospect, mm-hmm. but a guy that's a guy that was Atlanta's top organizational prospect that got traded to Tampa, uh, Malik Smith, who's hitting it almost a 340 clip. And you want to talk about speed to burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's another guy, left field, center field. He's not a power hitter. He's going to steal bases, doubles, triples, runs scored. He's hitting for a high average. What are your thoughts on Malik Smith? You know, and that's that's he's not going to fill a hole. Remember one thing. First of all, he's on a Tampa Bay team that's limited themselves to the mm-hmm. talent. You know, they, they only have so much there, so – the production numbers, you're really hoping for average, and the speed is there. Uh, depending on the league that you're in, like the leagues, like our leagues, you got 25 categories, okay? He's going he's gonna to fill enough to make him serviceable in those leagues. In the Yahoo leagues where you're playing 10 categories, and he's literally good for two of the right. five offensive, you might want to think twice about it. I I I don't I, like I I don't have him in any Yahoo uh, any of my Yahoo leagues at all. Well, you know, you you're talking about prospects, a guy that uh, you had uh, mentioned on our show a few months back, uh, back when the season began, and I'm mm-hmm. hearing rumblings of uh, Mr. Beatty out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're talking about guys for the second half. Uh, that could be somebody that can really help someone's team. You got a guy that uh, has great control. He's, he's a plus pitcher. What four of his pitches are plus pitches, um, on in a great pitcher's ballpark. So you know that's another guy that you're talking about prospect wise that you might want to watch going forward. Uh, and a guy that you and uh, you had brought up earlier in the season, and uh, I got to say, definitely looks like an interesting prospect. He. Uh... He's struggling just a bit right now. You know, mm-hmm. he's starting to get it. He, okay, the past, uh, I'll give you an idea. He, this is where he's at. 
and, and it's like a lot of young pitchers. It is feast or famine with this kid. In his last five games, and it's funny that you brought him up because I was researching him uh, for, for our league to just see what, what he's been up to lately. And, and three of his past five games, he's had double-digit ERA, 12, 13, and 10. But he's had two of those games be 1.29 and 2.25. So, I mean, wow. he's either – yeah, he's either been literally feast or famine. And you see that with a lot of young pitchers. So, uh, I, I'd oh. be shocked. I thought I wanted to see him and would – thought we'd see him this year unless there's a a distinct injury and a couple of injuries you you might not see him because you know this is his first year triple a he's never played triple a and he's just he's not the pitcher how much of that how much of that though do you you know and i I, i'll tell people minor Mm. league numbers can be very misleading look at look at carlos radon uh, Rondon from the White Sox, who absolutely laid the biggest egg you could possibly lay in his five rehab starts, uh, and then comes up and has been absolutely dominant since he's come up his two starts in the majors. So my question is, how many of those inflated or bloated ERA games that you're talking about could be they have him working on a couple pitches or they have him working on something uh, where they're not necessarily so much worried about the the numbers as in the reps and the experience he's getting out there. Yeah, he's just never gotten, you know, the problem is that the uh, the walks are up there, and he can't get rid of that. He's had that from A to double A. They started yeah. to lower a little bit per nine. But when you're when you're three, three and four uh, walks per nine, you can't do that yeah. when you get to the better when, when you get to the better hitters and all. So. A little Tyler Tyler Glass now disease, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So, um, but no, I, I one other guy, real quick, Ahmed Rosario. I mean, why aren't they mm. calling? Why aren't the Mets calling shortstop folks uh, for you out there? Uh, why aren't the Mets calling? Why why aren't the Mets using him? Is it is it you know I, I, a great I need to lose? Him. Well, it's, it's well, it's Mr. Collins himself, uh, Terry Collins. I mean, the guy feels that he's – I've seen it. They said his bat is ready, his glove is ready, but as Mr. Collins says, his mouth is not. Now, this is where I wish we had Mr. Busy J uh, around to talk about the Mets here, but I've heard that uh, basically they don't feel he's mature enough to play in the majors yet. So it kind of makes me wonder, uh, you know, what the deal is with that. Uh, for your for your manager, your major league manager, to say guys not mature enough to play because his bat sure is. What was he batting? Three eighty nine at one point. Yeah, yeah, he's he's incredibly talented, but uh, his mouth runs like his bat. So and uh, you know something, as you as you know all too well, New York is not the city where you want your mouth to overload your uh, ass, so to speak. If you do, you better back it. If you back it, they're gonna love you, though. See, it's Good not point. the Mets. You got to remember one thing: the Mets are not the Yankees, where you're looking for those silent no. cheater type leaders, you know, and, and all that, and the Mariano Rivera's and all that. The Mets are a little bit, and Mets fans will tell you, they're a little bit more rowdier than the uh, 
than a Yankee fan. So they'll uh, the Mets fans. Let me tell you something. The Mets fans, I can tell you right now how it'll be. They'll accept him wide open. Sure, yeah, all that crazy kid. You know, it'll be another case of, like, Manny being Manny and all that stuff, mm. okay? You know, it'll be Ahmed being Ahmed, all right? <laughs> as long as he can swing the bat. Bottom line. Well, you better feel the position, too, because... Uh, oh, it's shortstop. You better be able to, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I, I want to see that kid come up, and I want to see him put on a show. Sure, talk. Have fun. Listen, it can't be any worse. And I got a lot before we get into the Kristen Ware interview, folks. I'm just going to switch over to uh, basketball, okay? And watching what's going on with Ball and his father. And as as the kids choking so far in the summer leagues, the father is still talking crap. I love it. I love it. This is going to be the the greatest show that the NBA could have. Forget the damn championship. It is the LeVar Ball show. Uh, isn't it great to watch what's going on? He's talking crap. He's talking crap against centers and everything else. He's talking crap against players. The father is. The father is talking mm-hmm. crap against the players while his kid so far is choking in summer league. This is going to be funny as hell, folks. And it's on your team, man. What the hell? Uh, and, and, and I don't know if I, I agree with the word choking uh, in Summer League. Summer League is just what it is. Summer League, it's your, yeah. get your feet wet, get out there, you know, do your thing. I wonder, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll be on record here on the show saying I can't stand his dad. I think his dad's an ass clown. Playing his okay. But is he, is he fly like a fox? is his dad being so boisterous that it's taking the attention off of his son choking, as you put it, and directing that attention on his dad. Because you're not really hearing a lot about Lonzo. You're not hearing a lot about Lonzo. You're not hearing about the two-for-fifteen performance against the Clippers the other night, last night, the five assists and the four points. You're not hearing about that. You're hearing about his moronic father flapping his gums talking about how the Lakers are going to make the playoffs this year. And Lonzo, uh, you know, your dad just needs to shut up. We're not making the playoffs. That's just a stupid, ludicrous thing to say. But I want to throw When you're calling out players, though, when he's calling out players that his kid has to face. You notice, though, some of the players he's calling out, they have no problem with Lonzo. They have a problem with LeVar. You know, again, I hate giving that guy credit, but maybe, maybe there's a method to his madness. Maybe it's sheer dumb luck. Who knows? But I gotta throw one stat out there since we're on the NBA that I heard today. Good friend of mine out in Vegas, uh, JP John Polich, uh, pointed out to me that in the year 2022 and 2023, every game that James Harden steps foot on the basketball court, he will make over five hundred thousand dollars nice nice work if you can get it like i said we've talked about this we've talked recess (laughs) is the place to be folks forget the history books forget math forget science forget all that stuff forget saving the world forget all this go go excel at recess and you can make a fortune i blew it yeah yeah I blew no, it. I was paying did. attention to my schoolwork, damn it. Yeah, that's what you were paying attention to. No. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we won't talk about that. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks. Listen, we got to go ahead, pay a couple of bills, and then we'll get to the Kristen Ware interview. Folks, you're listening to the Fantasy Jester Show, brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com and Blog Talk Radio for that crystal clear sound so you can hear me like this. That's right. They do an absolute fantastic job. We love dealing with them. Fantastic customer service, Blog Talk Radio. Again, you know, I mentioned FantasyJesterSports.com, but don't forget, you can also go to iTunes, listen to the Fantasy Jester Show's the archived editions, great, great shows. We mentioned the Jenna Hurd show earlier and some of the funniest interviews. You go to any one of the interviews where we have a guest, and I promise you that guest, I get every guest to tell us a little funny story. And don't miss that. We're brought to you by breadfromyourbed.com, your personal finance blog. If you want to go ahead and make a couple extra bucks or you're looking to go ahead and get out of the rat race and work from home, join the gang at breadfromyourbed.com. We'll be more than glad to show you the way to financial security, financial happiness. Their methods are proven. It is not, this isn't just, oh, well, maybe he's just a good salesman. No, he'll take the time and show you the numbers. He has plenty of clients that allow him to show the numbers so that you can be assured of getting the best service for your new business. You can't just trust anyone. Joey and the gang, breadfromyourbed.com, your personal finance blog. Finally, Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach, I'll tell you, absolutely great group of people down there. And I'm going to tell you, if you're in the Florida area and you're coming down here, maybe you're going to visit or, or you're just somewhere listening in Florida, but not down in the West Palm Beach area, take the trip. Take the trip. If you like to dive or you want to see the most amazing reefs, wreck dives, shark dives, Unbelievable times, deep obsession charters, Palm Beach. And folks, don't forget, this weekend at SharkCon in Tampa, you go over to SharkCon in Tampa, you can go ahead and see both deep obsession charters, Ryan Walton. Ryan Walton's going to speak. Yours truly is going to be there. But here is the best one, folks. We have an exclusive. It was handed to us today. Appearing at SharkCon, working one of the booths, is going to be Mrs. Jester. If you want to meet Mrs. Jester, she's going to be at SharkCon tomorrow, Tampa Bay. She's going to love that I'm sending people out her way. No, seriously, folks. Go ahead, meet everybody, listen to the amazing shark dives, all the dives through the great people there. Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach. And now, folks, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to have the interview. I, again, it was a one-on-one interview. It was much more than I was ever expecting. You see, at first, I was like most people. I went into it thinking it was going to be a regular old interview with just a cheerleader. You know, I've done so many interviews now. 
unfortunately, I, I, I came away thinking that it's a cheerleader interview. It's going to be fluff, uh, and I'll get her to tell people how to be a cheerleader and what the process is to the Miami Dolphins. What I ended up getting, and the person I ended up speaking to, is one of the more special people I have met, and I am now happy to call friend. She is going to probably have to follow this up with a lot of explanations. But right now, I'm going to give you the Kristen Ware interview, and we'll talk about it after. As you've heard plenty of times on the show, folks, we've had, you know, hey, listen, you go back on iTunes. You go back on iTunes or you go through FantasyJusticeSports.com or you can go through Blog Talk Radio. Go check out the archived edition with this man. Hi, I'm Jeff Cross, a former Miami Dolphin. I'm a big fan of the Fantasy Jester, and you're listening to the Fantasy Jester. And, you know, he really is because uh, he, he really – a great interview with Jeff. And I, I'm going to tell you, if you're a football fan, you're going to absolutely love. Uh, as you know, we ask for a funny story, a little ha-ha, he-he. Find out what former Miami Dolphins football player got tied to a goalpost naked. That's right. Some hijinks there. Uh, somebody had to – Pay for what he had done. Go check out that on iTunes, Fantasy Justice Show, Jeff Cross, fantastic human being as it is, and an even better interview. You'll enjoy it, folks. Tonight, I am blessed and, and really, truly blessed to be able to sit down one-on-one now. You know, for a lot of you out there, you've heard Jenna Hurt's story, and you can check that out on the archived editions about what a young lady can do in this world today. And, and folks, like I said earlier in the show, if you have a young lady in the house, teenager, okay, younger, somebody that you want to show that it doesn't matter what you want to do in life, you can touch people's lives in any form or fashion. Jenna Hurt, skateboarder. Touching people's lives throughout the world. This young lady we're going to bring on, my, former Miami, now, now a former Miami Dolphins cheerleader. She is now an alum as of uh, about 20 minutes ago, it feels like. Uh, actually, just this past March. We're going to bring in Kristen Ware. She's former Dolphins cheerleader. And she has been able to take that platform and go around the world as well. We're going to talk to her. Kristen, how are you tonight, dear? Hello. I'm so good. I'm so happy to be talking with you tonight. Thanks. Thanks. No, and same here. Same here because, you know, Kristen, it is it is our duty, and you have no problem putting it out there, your Christian beliefs. Right. And <laughs> it's our duty to go ahead and help the younger it's certainly the younger, more impressionable young ladies out there. And so could you kindly do me a favor? Let's, let's take you through the timeline uh, from when you first started to either dance or cheerlead to what you're doing now and what you've been able to do with that platform. At what age did you start dancing and or cheerleading? 
Right. Well, I've always been a super active kind of person. I know my parents, like, purposely put me in classes to get out of the house because they couldn't handle me. <laughs> but um, I, I, they put me in my first dance at the age of three, but um, it was just – I'm a military kid growing up, so I moved every two years. So I could oh, never okay. really get settled into a, a dance studio where – I could keep growing from the same teacher. You know, I had a new one every two years. But I didn't really get serious into dancing until I was about 16, maybe 15 or 16 when I got into middle school and high school was when I was like, hey, you know, I really like this. And I tried out for the cheerleading team, and I ended up making it, which I was like, there's no way I'm going to make this, (laughs) you know. But, um, (laughs) you know, at the time, I was in such a small town in South Carolina where everyone was so nice and encouraging. So that, I guess that was kind of when I started getting really active into dancing, and I really started growing then. Um, I actually was never technically trained at all. I got kicked out of ballet class. <laughs> I cried on tap days. And the only kind hold of on, dance hold I on, Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. See, you, I have to stop you there. How do you <laughs> – I've never – how could you get kicked out of ballet? Honestly, what happened? What did you do? Well, it's just how I was made. <laughs> you know how um, in ballet you have to have this perfect – like, I mean, they're so strict in ballet. And and when I got to ballet class, like, well, for one, like I said before, I'm super active, right? Like, mm-hmm. one foot is always moving. And oh, ballet, okay. You know, you have to be super calm, and you have to breathe in and out. And, and I just wanted to dance and get low. And I remember a dance instructor saying, Kristen, you need to hide your breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and she was You were she trying was, to improv. See, they she was talking about my, my booty. She said my butt was too big. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. How funny is that, right? It's so funny. So I was like, oh, well, let me get to a class where I can move it and obviously hip-hop ducks were good. So (laughs) hip-hop it was. (laughs) Fit in fine, huh? All right. I got you. Oh, yeah. So kicked out of ballet. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so is there any other rebellious uh, classes that you've gotten yourself kicked out of that we should know about or it was just <laughs> oh my goodness well not kicked out per se but i did cry on tap days <laughs> even in high school <laughs> i would cry i just you know i just wanted to really dance and uh, tapping if you can do ballet and you can tap and you can be on point power mm-hmm. to you because I have, I'm just not that girl. I've never been able to do more than two turns, <laughs> you know. So I'm just not technically trained, which is kind of why the, me becoming a Mammy Dolphins cheerleader was super extravagant for me. And it actually revealed a lot of truth um, in my life because I know for, well, I guess all growing up, I always compared myself to others. Like, I guess just just how I was um, and how I always looked to my right and looked to the left. And I was easily intimidated. Uh, I always thought that I wasn't good enough and I was never going to be good enough because I wasn't like, you know, the girl next to me. And I was even, I, I did cheer uh, my freshman year in college 
But then I transferred to the University of South Carolina, and I got my degree in marine science. So there was about a three-and-a-half-year window where I wasn't dancing at all because I thought that I wasn't good enough to continue to pursue it. And But before I even transferred, I actually got a basketball scholarship <laughs> for college. So I was super into sports other than just dance and cheerleading, which is another myth of, you know, young girls believing that they only have to dance and they have to be the perfect dancer in order to make a team. And, again, that that's just not true. And I think I – I did. I proved all of the myths that were ever mm-hmm. given to me. I proved them wrong, and the odds were against me. And, and it, was, it was exciting to see that, you know, God had a purpose for me to get to the Miami Dolphins um, in the way that I did, especially when all I really wanted to do was overcome that spirit of fear and that, that spirit of not being good enough and comparing myself to other girls. You know, I messed right. up everything that I had, and I didn't tell anyone that I was auditioning. You know, I, I, was, I was so nervous, and I knew for a fact that I was not going to make this team. <laughs> you know, so I just wanted to go for the experience and kind of get out of that, my comfort zone. And so I booked a hotel room and used my own money, so, like, I, I couldn't back out, you know. <laughs> right, and, right. Yeah, no, I got you. Recap. Right. Uh, hold on. Let me let me just go into this for one second, okay? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and tie this up. Tie this up a little bit for me. So you're at the University of South Carolina, correct? Right. Right. And you hadn't danced in three years. Correct. Correct. And because of a fear of you're not good enough. And out of the blue, what did you you had heard about a Miami Dolphins cheerleading uh, tryout? Is that well, what happened? Well, um, to be honest, I actually didn't even know of NFL cheerleaders um, until I got to college. And obviously, since I I was out of dance for three years, I didn't have anybody in my ear saying like, "Oh, you should try out." Or right, you should right. go for a team, you know, like I didn't have that. So for me, growing up in a military home, all I knew was the military. And okay. even getting my degree, even getting my degree in marine science, the whole outcome of that was to join the Navy or the Coast Guard and to pursue a career in that. Uh, but when I was in the recruiting office, you know, I to be transparent, it was, for me just to try and get a pat on the back from my dad, you know, and I know that. Understood. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, like that would make him the proudest if I would, you know, follow his footsteps. And in that recruiting office, I, I just had this moment where, I mean, my heart, I would love to fight for our country, but there was something in me that said, this isn't your time. You know, this isn't for all the right reasons. And so I had to, you know, evaluate what, what was I doing and what were my passions and, and, and also my age, you know, I was, I was 23 and I, I know that I love to dance, but I kept the opinions of others holding me back. So I, I didn't hear about, you know, tryouts or anything like that, but I just went on YouTube one day and, and I typed in cheerleaders or dancers and I started watching these, these video clips come up, and I guess it was prior. Uh, Miami Dolphins came out with that lip sync 
song to call me maybe, (laughs) you know, and I was like, oh, how cool, these girls are awesome, (laughs) you know, and I was like, and then I was like, and also, you know, they're they're by the water, you know, the ocean, so I could just get a job in marine science when I get there, like, it could be perfect, And, and, and again, I started looking through the YouTube videos, I went on their website, and I immediately just exited out. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> These girls are talented. I can't make – they're so beautiful. Like, that's not me. I don't even know how to put on makeup. But, you know, I was just like, this is not not going to go well. <laughs> and I, I, I remember crying my eyes out, like, to my mom. And, like – and she's, like, my best friend. She's my number one supporter. And that's awesome. she was just like, you know, you know I, I think that you should just – you should go for it, like, no matter what. And – and all along the way to Miami, I mean, I wanted to take every exit that I saw. <laughs> you know, I wanted to turn around. I, I was so nervous. I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is like chasing an empty dream. Like, like this is nothing. Like, And I ended up just sucking it up, and I ended up telling myself, you know, no matter what the outcome, which I know I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to be proud of myself, <laughs> you know, because I had the courage to show up. And I think a lot of girls, allow the opinions and the negativity that others will throw at them to kind of mm-hmm. prevent them from going after what's really in their heart. And, and, and it's so sad. And it's something that we really have to battle, especially in today. Like today women are just pounded with this high standard that is impossible to reach. And even when you think that you've reached it, <laughs> you cannot keep up with this world. And that's, I mean, I've learned a lot along the way, but you can ask me any more questions, and I'm sure we're going to dig in a lot deeper. But that's that's pretty <laughs> much how I ended up trying out for the Dolphins over any other team. Okay. Yeah. So now, what is the – okay, you know, and that, you know it, it, for the young ladies out there listening, okay, you, you have to appreciate – First of all, your candor, uh, and I really do, because you talk about how, and, and this is perfect because I'm sure there's a lot of young ladies, and hey, listen, if a young boy and a young man is, is being honest, okay, we go through the same thing. We go through the same mm-hmm. doubts. We go through, and, and sometimes it's even tougher for a boy or a young man to go through those self-doubts because, well, hey, you're supposed to be the man and be brave and this, right. and you know, fall into that stereotype. But what everybody out there, either young men or young ladies, should listen to that I pulled out. In the middle of you questioning yourself, you found bravery in you to not follow what your dad did, but to go about your path in life, what was inside of you to make you happy, not what other people think you should be. And you finding that bravery in yourself is a great story for every young lady out there. Be yourself. Don't be what you think everybody else out there thinks you should be. Okay. Now, Kristen, go ahead and explain now. So, all right, so what is a tryout like for the young ladies out there that might have – they might not like the Dolphins. Maybe they, they, they like another right. team in sports or right. another sport altogether. 
what is a tryout like? What do you have to do? What What is the regimen that they want from you? What is it like being a Miami cheerleader? Most nerve-wracking audition process ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so for tryouts, you you basically go in and you're competing. My, my third year, I think I competed against maybe the upper hundreds, close to a thousand. There, there was a lot of girls my, my third year trying mm-hmm. out because we had, we had gone overseas and we got international girls to come back to the state. So it, it was really intense. But basically the process is you go amongst all these hundreds of women and you learn choreography and then the audition process goes with you perform that dance and then they have a cut. And then you perform another dance that you learn and then they have a cut and then you perform, you know, a kick, the kick line that we do. And then if you make it that far, then you go through a process of interviews and you have to try on, you know, swimsuits They they look at you when you walk, they, they look at your hair, your makeup, your, you know, they look at all of that. And then um, you go through the, the final round, the two dances that you learned, the kick line again, you do the, a solo routine that you have to make up on your own, which can be, I think it has to be about a minute, a minute solo. Mm -hmm. And then you have to do like on stage question and answer. And then they make the final, final cut. And even if you make it to there, you have to go through boot camp, which is for about three months. And that's where you're kind of in training camp. You know, they, they teach you, about being a cheerleader, you have to go, you have to take a written test about your knowledge of the team. You have to learn over 30 dances that you have to know right on the spot. And then obviously they drill and drill and drill the kick line into you, the halftime routines, the end zones. I mean, any performance that you can have, that's what training camp is for. And, and also it's, it's about bonding, you know, getting to know your teammates and getting the feel of things. And some girls, you know, they're from that state. Some girls are out of state. So I was out of state, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't even have a moment to have a leaving the nest moment where I was like, okay, parents, <laughs> I'm flying away, you know, because they called my name on audition day, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make this team, right? And they called my name, and they ended up going on oh, to the next yeah. girl because it took me so long to realize that they called my name. So I was like, I'm not getting called today. That's not going to happen. And – and I'm like, oh, yay. You completely like, oh, missed the call. Oh. Yeah, and then I'm like, That's crap. Funny. Like, I don't have a place to live. I don't know anybody here. I don't have any money. Like, I just got out of college. Like, how am I going to make this happen? This wasn't supposed to happen, you know? So I had less than, like, 72 hours to drive back to South Carolina from Miami, pack a duffel bag, and get back to Florida because we started training camp right away. Like, Never oh, really thought I, about, hey, if I make it, <laughs> what am right. I going to do? And you see what, like, the opinions of others did to me? Like, I believed them over, you know, myself. I believed them over believing in myself. And, and I'm like, holy moly, I got to, okay, now I really got to get to work. Like, what am I going to do? So, yeah, oh. but it was a, a huge growing experience for sure. And, like, the nerves, people always ask. Now, do the butterflies ever go away? And I'm like, no. <laughs> the butterflies never go away. There's nothing like as being a performer and a dancer dancing in front of over 90,000 people. I mean, there's just nothing like mm-hmm. it. Like, you can you can feel 
their their roaring of the stands, and it just gives you goosebumps on your arms, and you're just looking up, and I mean, you seem so small, and the chills are always going to be there, the butterflies are always going to be there, but as a dancer and as a performer, I think that's what you want, and and at each moment you get nervous, you overcome it every single time, and it, and it's a beautiful thing. It's it's so beautiful. Is it, it, it now at the end of the game? I mean, you must be physically exhausted. and mentally <laughs> exhausted. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, I, it. Just has to be an exhausting experience. Now, uh, how often? Now, obviously, the games are on Sunday. Now, how often would you get together and be working with the other mm-hmm. cheerleaders during the week? Right. So. We have practice four to five times a week and then plus the game. So we would practice for about four hours at night, so about from 6 to 10, and that's where we would drill all of our dances. We would work out. Um, We would have to have our choreographer and our other coaches and our director come in, and they would watch us, learn the dances, of course. They would critique us, make sure it's ready for game day. And then on game day, you know, if the game starts at, at at one, we have to be there at eight thirty in the morning. So we're there super early, and you know, we still wear those boots, <laughs> those like two inch <laughs> boots, you know. So oh, wow. so so our legs, you know, they're super tired. But I mean, a lot of work goes into it, and and it's so funny because people always think like, oh, like they just show up on game day and. You know, it's okay, but they just don't realize, and neither did I, about how much work goes into getting 36 girls to be on the same exact count, looking the same on the field, making sure that everyone is ready, the rookies are ready. And mm-hmm, so a lot, mm-hmm. lot, lot goes into it, yeah. And then before the game, we have to go around and do appearances around the stadium or make sure the fans are happy. So it's, I mean, it's an amazing experience for sure. One o'clock game. One o'clock game. What time does a Miami Dolphin cheerleader have to get to a one o'clock game and get ready for work? We have to already be ready to go when we get to the stadium. So we have to be hair and makeup ready with uniform and all that packed around eight thirty. And and right right when we get there, uh, we have to start running over our dances for game day. We practice our kick line. We basically go through a whole run through of the game. Aside from your sideline dances, which is are the 30 plus dances that I mentioned earlier that we learned through training camp that mm-hmm. you pretty much have to know on the spot. Like they all have different names. For instance, one of our dances is called ready to go. So if on the sideline, our captain goes, okay, ready to go. We got to know that dance. And be ready to do it, you know. So and be and ready can, to go. <laughs> yeah, be ready to go. And they can go to any song then and be ready to follow their lead. Beautiful. Now, uh you've had the opportunity with the Dolphins uh to travel abroad, correct? Right, yes, sir. And, and you that, were entertaining troops, I believe. Yes. So that was my main highlight as a cheerleader for sure i i went on five military tours to over 30 different countries and i got to be with our deployed men and women which was just bringing a piece of heart of mine you know with me from growing up the military i've seen 
a lot of the risks and sacrifices that our men and women go through that get them to where they are now. And so to be over there and to actually say thank you in person and to be able to spend time with them and show our gratitude and appreciation for them and to see them smile, I mean, it was just such a blessing and an honor. You know, all they do is, like, they share about their families and they show us pictures and we get to encourage them and get them through those last, you know, six months or four months or whatever time frame they're on once we get there. And that, that was truly the, the highlight of just having a platform, you know, to make a difference not only to our military men and women, but at, in our community. You know, I can walk and be at a car shop signing autographs and this little girl comes up and she's like, I want to be a cheerleader. You know, what do I have to do? And just to be able to speak life into her and, not allow her to believe the superficial myths that are so easy to believe. You know, the the whole reputation that NFL cheerleaders can have, I wanted to represent my faith. And my faith was going to be the first and foremost thing about me. And, you know, it, to talk about my life is to talk about God. And so mm-hmm. I really had to be myself and I had to stay true to myself. And, and you know, honestly, like, that, it was it was hard for me to to walk away from being a you know being an NFL cheerleader because I wanted to continue to have that form you know to make a difference but God revealed to me that I don't have to have such a platform um, in order for Him to use me in this world to make a difference you know it doesn't it's not about fame it's not about fortune it's not about the money or a popularity contest it's all about being humbled and allowing God to mold you through life. Understood. And, you know, it's uh, because everything is a lesson, uh, I guess that was part of yours is going through the being able to find that self-assurance in yourself by obtaining something that you thought you couldn't do in the Miami Dolphins cheerleading. And now you can walk around a lot more self-assured than you were of yourself before and now take that self-assuredness into your next vent, you know, venture in life. Do you have, uh, obviously now this came about in March, you have an idea of what you'd like to do and where you're going mm-hmm. uh, with your faith, where, where it has you going in, in the world. Right. Well, if it was up to me, I would still be cheering. You know, it, I, I believe that it was, God put it on my heart, and it was a very strong conviction um, for mm-hmm. my life. And, you know, we all have different convictions, but but you know, as a cheerleader, it, it was it was hard um, for my faith to be shared. You know, it it did not hold me back one bit, but but it was tough. Um, and you know, there are would rules, you say you but- understood? Would you would you say I, I I hear what you're saying? Would you say you can understand and empathize with, uh, say Tim Tebow? For sure, a hundred percent. And um, you know I don't, um, gosh I don't know how much detail to get into, but you know you God, whatever you wish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, God, you know he he put it on my heart that that it was time um, to walk away and, and, and it was, it was hard for me um, because I I didn't want, I felt like I I was weak to walk away, but, 
I want girls to know that there's a difference in giving up and walking away, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I never once gave up. I, and it's so good to be true to your core, to your very core. And as an NFL cheerleader um, who, you know, lives by faith and a cheerleader that has morals, you know, I, it was, it was tough for me. You know, I got mocked a lot. Um, I got told that, you know, you shouldn't follow God or, like, I can't believe that you're an NFL cheerleader and and you live like that kind of thing. And, and to be honest, I, I'm waiting for marriage, you know, and I'm a virgin waiting for marriage. And as an NFL cheerleader, that, that, was, that was hard. You know, NFL cheerleaders have a certain image to uphold, right? So. It's interesting. It's interesting that you you are finding that in this day and age, that well, you know, first of all, your individuality is not up for anybody else's uh, perception. You know, I, 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 nobody has the right, in my opinion, and nobody in this world has all the answers to be able to say what is right or what is wrong for any one person. So, you know, from that standpoint right there uh, is where I already disagree with things. And then what you're saying is, uh, again, uh, how does one uh, go through a world and go through what you've gone through, in other words, where you're being persecuted because you want to be good, Right. I mean, and that is the most ridiculous thing. God bless you, all right, because that's the, that's the most ridiculous thing that anybody could ever go through. Uh, is I listen, if you're going to be a a mess up in this world, then you deserve some sort of ridicule. But because you you have certain beliefs, and those beliefs are have nothing to do with hurting another soul on this planet that's right. that's the most ridiculous thing so mm-hmm. um now where you take your faith and where it's going to lead you it's going to right. lead you to one thing it's going and this is the one thing for you young ladies out there you follow your heart and in the end okay you're going to be the one that's happy exactly See, and and i yeah, I'm actually hoping to write a book. Um, I'm in the process of writing a book, and I'm going to be traveling and speaking to universities and sharing my testimony through being an NFL cheerleader. And the good news is that <laughs> the Lord says to find joy in being persecuted because if you're not being persecuted, then you're not following the Lord. And if you are living by faith and you're living by God's word, then you're, you should expect to have some persecution thrown at you and he says to find joy in that and to pray for your enemies and to pray for the world and through all we come across and and that's exactly what I do and and I empathize you know with with Tebow's situation I I actually think it's a lot similar to mine but Mm -hmm. we we Mm -hmm. just have to to press on you know we're not we don't want to give up because our life serving the Lord should be a celebration you know not a sacrifice so if I walked around and I was down all the time because of all the mockery or 
the mistreatment that I've gotten throughout my life, well, that wouldn't be a good representation of the Lord, you know? So I, I love being joyful and being genuine and transparent and showing people that if you're having a hard day, be transparent, but find joy, you know, reach out to your mentors, trust your friends, be kind to everyone and always show that smile and be true to yourself. I don't care what situation you're in. You have good integrity and good character and you are living by faith. Then that is all that you need to lay your head down at night and to keep your head in prayer and walk through life by faith. 100%. Folks, as I have told you before this interview, before you heard it, okay, you are going to hear an amazing, amazing young lady. It has truly been our blessing to have Kristen Ware on our show. And I'm hoping, Kristen, over these next couple of months, okay, and, and through your journeys, you, you keep us posted and you come on and you let us know where God is taking you in your travels and where you're finding new strengths in those travels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my goodness. This is such a blessing. Thank you. And I will check in and I want to know what the listeners are going through. And if I can help in any way, I I would love to. Like I said, folks, absolutely fantastic young lady for you young ladies out there. Listen to what Kristen had to say that no matter what anybody else has to say, be true to you. Be good to you, and in the end, you'll be happy for it. She, Kristen, you've stayed true to yourself right from the start. I mean, how you got into the Dolphins to how you got out of the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. that is, I mean, literally, you were good to you and listened to you for it. Listen, ladies, young ladies out there, you can hear it in her voice. This is a happy young lady. That is what you want in life. You can either walk around and be miserable like half the population is now, or you can walk around self-satisfied like Kristen Ware. Kristen, thanks so much for joining us. God bless. We will talk to you soon. Yes, thank you so much. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. Wow. An incredible, incredible message for all young people. It's not even just for the ladies out there. It's it's an incredible message about being yourself no matter what, no matter when, no matter how, no matter why. Be yourself. You know, she first mentions about following her dad's footsteps possibly, but thought about it and said, no, I I have to be myself. From the self-doubt, but going ahead and doing it anyway. So many people have self-doubt. Don't think, if you're a young person out there, don't think that everybody else doesn't suffer from self-doubt. But that's the story there of how to work through that. It's also a story about when you face adversity and uh, you have a choice and your faith. How much do you want to believe in your faith and follow your faith or follow your dreams? So 
Let's go ahead. Let's get JT in here. Then we'll be joined uh, in a little bit by uh, Busy J from New York. Want to talk a little NBA, a little WWE. JT, incredible, incredible message by that young lady. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you listen to what she has to say, how she says it. Uh, the Just absolute. There's no faltering in what she believes. There's no backing down. And like you said, she's a happy person for it. So uh, definitely a good message to staying true to oneself. And uh, you believe in the higher power, uh, you know, like she does. It, it seems to give her quite a bit of comfort. So, yeah, absolutely amazing, uh, amazing interview. And it gave her, it gives her comfort during the difficult times of, you know, she's in the middle of what she loves to do, being a Miami Dolphins cheerleader, mm-hmm. and leaning on that faith during those tough times there, and finally leaving, staying yeah, true yeah, to her absolutely. faith. Staying true to her faith now. You know, from listening to that, though, you know, I have a few things that, you know, that I, I want to know first. So, so did she actually, I mean, you may or not know this, did she actually have a problem with a player? Um, we've talked, not that she's told me, no. No, no. Not with a, a particular okay. player, no. Not with a so She never brought okay. up a particular player to me, no. Okay, and so, you know, maybe – but there was no one on, like, the Miami staff. Or, I mean, you know, she said it didn't seem like she was welcome. Or it sounded to me like she wasn't felt like maybe her beliefs were welcome or something. Was there someone on the Miami staff? Yeah. You know, it's it's really I, – I, I'm caught in that position. It's really not for me to answer. I, I think what we'll do is uh, she is going to come back on and – uh, we'll have her answer uh, that one. We'll, we'll ask her. Uh, I'm sure she'll be more than glad to explain uh, the situation. It sounds good. I mean, it sounds to me like there's a lot going on, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing hearing more from her. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it definitely, like I said, I, I've – yeah, I'll go leave it to her. I, I'll go, I, that's what went on there should never have gone on. Okay. Had it been my daughter, okay, it would have been handled a little bit differently. I'll let her explain it though. It's her story. It's not it's not my place to say. But she had a choice to stay and deal with BS. Let's put it this way. And and, and we'll get off of it. We'll get to Busy J. Uh she had a choice to stay and deal with some complete BS or leave what she loves to do, what she grew up doing for God, for her faith. She had a choice. She could, she could really tone down her love of God and things might've been better. And she chose to go ahead, keep her faith and follow whatever God has truly for her. And from Again, speaking to her, and I, that's why I can't wait. Let's get her in here again real soon. I'll talk to her. Let's see how quick we can get her in. Uh, and because I'll tell you, how she's left there and on a whole nother path. She's got some wonderful, great plans to help a lot of the young ladies out there. And, uh, again, that's more stuff for her to tell everybody. 
but you get the idea, folks. Uh, tough young lady. I mean, you hear her voice. She sounds so nice and all that, but she has that inner strength, uh, and she finds that through her faith. Uh, incredible time, incredible time. Let's go ahead, and I know we've got to get, uh, it was a great interview, and it, but it took a little time. Let's get right back, folks. We will follow this up. We'll follow it up with more stories on FantasyJusticeSports.com. We'll get Kristen. I've already asked her uh, on air there, and then I also have spoken to her since and asked her, and she's going to be on again, part two of Kristen Ware. The the answers to some of those questions JT was asking, uh, and a bunch of you I'm sure are going to be asking. Let's go ahead, JT. Should we uh, should we make uh-huh. our New York connection here and uh, see what's up uh, up there? Yeah, I mean, I hope Bellator or something doesn't keep him from uh, allowing him to make that connection. But yeah, Dizzy <laughs> J. Hey, good to see you, sir. How's everything? Everything's great, man. That was an amazing story, man. Oh man, I enjoyed that thoroughly. And she's absolutely right. We do all need to like not walk around being miserable. However, being a New York Knicks fan and a Mets fan, I have to say I have every right to be there right now. <laughs> hey, man, you guys, you guys are finally figuring out what Laker fans and Bulls fans knew all along. Phil Jackson's full of shit. Indeed. It's very much so true. Um, now, let me ask you something, Busy. I wanted you to go ahead and start things off. I'll get JT's opinion. I'll chime in, too. Is, uh, so far, free agency, you seeing any moves that you like? You seeing anything that really stands out? Or is there anything that you just go, I really don't understand that move? Actually, I would say I don't understand 90% of the moves that happen in the free agency. Why is everybody <laughs> going out west? when you know you're not beating the Warriors. Like, the Warriors are 1A and B. Everybody else is trying to be 2A, B, 3A, B kind of, kind of situation. <laughs> well, look at Houston, for example. Chris Paul and James Harden, I don't see that working. They're both ball-dominated guards. I don't see that working. Right. I, don't, I don't even see that making it to the conference finals. But then when I think about it, who is the second or third best team in the West with all the moves being made? You still got to respect the Spurs because of the culture. Minnesota made a lot of tremendous strides, but I don't see them being better than a fifth seed. I think Westbrook and Paul George together is a nice, you know, it's a nice situation. I hope Paul George is renting and not owning anything in Oklahoma because I don't see him staying there past a year. So it just leaves me with a lot of head scratching. Why did everybody go out west? Like just to make that All Star team alone is going to be hard work. Want to ask you something real quick? Good, good. You want to respond to that? I just wanted. I, I just wanted to echo the, the, the head scratcher, Chris Paul. Uh, neither one of Harden nor Paul. Both guys need to have the ball to be effective. Uh, and Chris Paul was supposed to be the uh, final piece for the Clippers. And, and let's be real, did he make them a playoff team? Yeah. Did it get them a few extra thousand fans per game? Yeah. But what else did he do past that? So that's definitely a head scratcher for me, a little under $22 million a year. Agreed. No, without a question, you guys got a point there. I, my my thing though is, uh, like the is Boston. Let's go over to the East for a second. Is is Boston or Philly? And I'll start again. I want to start with Busy, and then we'll go to JT. Is Boston or Philly 
the team that will eventually build something that will challenge the West. Was Morris mm, in? It I, was I, like Boston went out and just got Morris. They traded badly for Morris. So uh, are they starting to get the pieces in place there? Or do you think that young squad down in Philly give them a year to meld? What are you feeling? You know what, Jester? That is an amazing question that no one seems to be asking. This is why you're the best. No one's asking that question. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say I really trust in the process in Philadelphia. However, Boston is building a winning culture. I think Boston is going to be the team that eventually beats LeBron in the finals, in the Eastern Conference Finals. It may not be this year. Preferably, I think it will be next year. But I really like what they're building over there. they got a nice young nucleus. You add Hayward. You add Morrison, who gives you a little toughness that they've been lacking since, you know, Kevin Garnett days. I just have to say Boston because we don't know what the culture is in Philadelphia besides all they do is tweet and social media this and social media that. I don't know how that's going to gel on the court, but I really think Boston is going to be building. They're going to be building a contender for the next couple of years because, remember, they still have all those picks they could easily, you know, trade. So I kind of I kind of mm-hmm. agree with Danny to not pull in the trigger on Butler and George because, if anything, what George showed me in the playoffs that he's not a winner and he's not an alpha dog. So I really wouldn't want him on my team. And Butler is hit or miss because you have Isaiah Thomas and now you have Gordon Hayward who I think is going to flourish in the Eastern Conference. Oh, yeah. Before we go to JT on that same uh, thing between Boston and Philly, uh, if it's not Boston or Philly, who's your third team that you could see actually starting to build something? I'm going to say probably Washington because I think Wall gets it. He's going to have to start going recruit players over there. I love I love their coach. And Beal Beal's a very underrated shooting guard. So once you have a great point guard and once you have a great backcourt, you could build around that mm-hmm. in today's NBA. Mm. Okay. JT, uh Philly, Boston, which one of the two are going to emerge over the next year or two? You know, I look at both of those teams, and I think Boston screwed the pooch when they didn't go out and get Porzingis from the Knicks when they had the opportunity. You don't trade back to third if you're not going to pull the trigger on that. I think that's the guy that helps put them over. Hayward, I'm not I'm not convinced on Hayward yet. I mean, yeah, he's a good player. I just don't see him fitting in with that, that nucleus and that core of players. Tatum seems like a guy so far that looks like, uh, you know, looks like a player, obviously, summer league, but – uh, Philadelphia, they've got the talent, but let's be real. We've never seen Simmons on the floor. Embiid is hurt all the time. And Philadelphia's version of Lady Gaga, the diva known as Jaleel Okafor, uh, talk about the mental midget. It's cool. Uh, I mean, who knows what you're going to get from that guy. So I, I think Philadelphia has a, way too many questions. I have to go uh, agree with Busy. I think Washington's the team to, uh, to look at there. And honestly, I think Washington will be that team uh, more so than I do either Boston or Philly. I'm not, I'm not a believer in Danny Ainge. Too many picks, oh, what's he done with them? Too many, all these picks, what's he done with it? Go get Porzingis. Go get a lockdown defender like Butler who can defend and score the ball. I, I just, I'm sorry. He keeps getting all these picks. He keeps getting all these picks, but what's he really done with it? And Boston's going to have yeah, happy things on top of that. Boston's going to have cap issues real soon on top of that So uh, if they're not already there. So I think Washington is that team to uh, represent the East more so. Philly, like I said, Philly, just too many injury questions for me on their front line. 
too many questions overall, and I'm not a believer in Danny Ainge. Nobody, uh, nobody uh, like in Toronto. Uh, not really. This is the NHL. Maybe. The Cavs have their heart. <laughs> if it's the NHL, yeah, I'll take them. I got them. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with Toronto. But in the NBA, no. And and and, and you know, I got one question. I got to throw out there to both of you. How does a forty-one? How does a forty-one-year-old has been washed up small forward shooting guard like Vince Carter get an eight million dollar contract at this point? The new NBA. <laughs> Wow. Uh, wow. Recess at its best, folks. I'm telling you. You oh, got to tell your kids to excel at recess. It doesn't matter what sport they want to play. Everybody's making money. Everybody. Yep. You know, and you were talking about moves that we like. I want to throw one out there that I do like, and it's unusual for me yeah. to actually say I like the move that the Lakers did. But to me, the Corey Brewer move, was uh, kind of a move you would see San Antonio do. You get a guy that's a really good perimeter defender, guy that rebounds well for his position, and a guy that can be that third or fourth scorer uh, normally, but bump up and be that number one or number two guy occasionally to take the load off. So, in a, you know, a little under $7 million. I like that signing the Lakers actually going to get Corey Brewer. Yeah, I like him. He's a solid pickup. I just uh... – and we got rid of Nick Young. Swaggy P, yeah, goodbye, sure good riddance, piss off. <laughs> what about now, uh, now that Phil Jackson's gone, all of a sudden Mello will uh, he'll leave. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll get traded. He'll accept the trade. You son of a bitch. If you're a Knicks fan, let me tell you, let me ask you something, Busy. You're up there. How do the Knicks fans even stand mellow at this point? Is it me or or the Knicks fans just, do they loathe that guy as much as I do or they just ignore him? You know, it's so funny the situation up here is, it's pretty much exactly how everything played out. We applauded mellow for not like feeding into the BS that Phil was putting out. But at the end of the day, we agreed with Phil. He does need to leave. He's the one, you know, if we want to do a decent rebuild, <laughs> we can't have him on the roster with Porzingis. Poison him anymore. So it's just the way Phil went about it. But the New York fans, we want Melo gone. Me, personally, I was upset that he didn't come, he, he didn't do what Paul George is doing this year. What Paul George did is force a trade, knowing he was not going back to Indiana, and he knows he's going to be a free agent, and he knows he's pretty much going to lie in L.A. next season. Unlike Melo, mm-hmm. Melo forced the Knicks' ownership to trade all their assets to get him a, a summer earlier. Maybe so the, the situation would have been better. Yeah. So the, guy, the question is to the two New York guys on the phone here, has any athlete or coach in sports, professional sports history, hurt their legacy more, I'm talking steroids, anything, than Phil Jackson has in the last, say, six to eight years? Ooh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Uh, no, I'm going to say no. Because so. he is no longer referred so. to as the Zen master. You know you know what I'm going to say, Phil, so because... Isaiah is up there, though. Isaiah is up no. there. The only reason you know? I'll say Phil so over Isaiah, the only reason I'll say Phil so over Isaiah is because Phil is so stuck on his triangle, and the triangle has passed the NBA by. 
So you know, I mean, no one, no one cannot win in the, today's NBA with the triangle. And two, no. with him hearing that, hearing that he fell asleep during, you know, college recruits uh, workouts. <laughs> that's awful. You can't have that as a GM. <laughs> sure you can. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Tells you a lot about who he is watching, don't you think? I mean, maybe that was a telling oh, tale. Oh, who did oh, he fall asleep right. on? You know, that's my, that that would be my question. Who lost Phil Jackson's attention? Word on the street that's that it was Monk. That, that's the word yeah. on the street that it was Monk that he fell asleep on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you fell asleep watching Monk, then you're missing one hell of a player. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears, guys. Let's go WWE. Great Balls of Fire brought to you by Gold Bonds Powder. Uh, Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt. Start with JT first. Who you got? You know, just when you think you know WWE uncreative, there is no WWE creative or uncreative. (laughs) We have no idea what the hell we're doing. Um, Am I allowed to pick a draw? Does that can that happen? I mean, it's great yeah. balls of fire. It, it could be great balls of, of goose shit. Who cares? I mean, at this point, you would like to see see Seth Rollins get a push. You'd like to see Bray Wyatt get a push. I'm gonna go with Bray. They both lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So both go of with them the push. Screws. We're gonna have go with the push. We're gonna push. have. Uh, Hornswoggle is going to make a reappearance in the WWE, and he's going to win the match. So it's 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 ridiculous what they're doing with these two. But if the guys are allowed to perform, should be a hell of a match. Uh, Busy J, who you have? I'm going to go with Seth only because they got to do something with their character. You know, let them start building a legitimate rivalry with somebody. Maybe it's very right. Maybe this thing continues on to SummerSlam. Who knows? But okay. if that's the okay. case, I'm going to go with Seth. All right. So we've got one tie, one Seth. And that's crazy because guess what? I really do have Bray in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I like what I do. saying. I mean, and now yeah. Seth Rollins is getting mocked by wrestlers and other promotions. Uh, you know, this was the guy we thought two years ago was the next John Cena, basically face of of the business, and now he's getting mocked by lower life forms. It's 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 rather amusing what he's turned into. Unbelievable, actually. What an injury! You know, we've seen it a couple of times. How your career could be uh, on a path upward. One injury, and that's it. I mean, this is he's not the first guy that we've seen this now. Uh, where the injury changes their uh, their plan. You know, look at Enzo and Cass. They're going to be uh, wrestling against each other now. Uh, just before uh, Enzo got hurt, everybody figured they were the next tag team champions for a long time to come. Now here you got the You've wrestling been calling against for this each for other. A while, though. You've been calling for this for a long time, though, so it's good to see that oh, it's blatantly to obvious. Well, the part that was blatantly obvious was to me was the uh, difference in wrestling ability between the two. Uh, there was just so much of a difference between the two, and really, Cass Cass has that. E- even though he doesn't, and he really should work out more. 
but he's a big guy, and and we all know Vince loves big men. He loves big guys. Right. You know, and, 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 and I J.K.O. likes them sweaty, it. and uh, what? <laughs> I was going to say, no, I never thought I'd say this, but I'd actually like to see Enzo as more of a uh, commentary personality. You know, like oh, yeah. a JBL type. Uh, I mean, I think that would add a lot to the actual broadcast, and that's right in his wheelhouse. You know, that's a, that's that's exactly where he belongs at this point. All right, listen, we're short on time. I'm going to give you the matches. Just call out your winners real quick, guys, both of you. Okay, you ready? Go. I'm done. Busy J, Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Hardy Boys, Iron Man match for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Seamus Cesaro, you the title. Uh, Seamus Cesaro. T-T? Yeah, Seamus Cesaro broken will be back soon. Exactly. I go, I've go. i got that as a three-way. The Miz versus Dean Ambrose, Intercontinental Championship. JT. Miz, Dean Ambrose is done. Miz, expected Dean, Miz, expected Dean, he'll turn by the end of the night. Three-way on that one. Um... Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Busy J. Bliss. JT. Bliss, he likes little women. Three ways, three-way Bliss. Nice, I like that. Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, ambulance match, Busy J. Strowman. JT. Strowman. I've got Reigns. Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe. There's nothing that Vince likes more than Roman Reigns, folks. Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, Busy J. Brock by submission. JT. Brock by submission. I like that. I've got Joe winning this. They've got to put the strap on somebody who can wrestle more, folks. And that is the show. Thank you so much, Busy J, for joining us from New York. JT from Texas. This has been the Fantasy Jester, and as always, brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com. This has been when faith has its price. Kristen Ware's story. Thanks so much for joining us. Join us next week. We have a little surprise for you next week. And yeah, that is what they call a tease. And I just did it. I'm the Jester, and I'm out. <laughs>